the Valkyrie Cycle, a Monster Hearts 2 actual play podcast by Midnight Ceremonies Media. Episode 19, Wolf Slain or World Consumed. Hello, I'm Arcadia Reeves, and I play Cassie Rodriguez in the Valkyrie Cycle. I also do some art for the show. Before we begin the episode, a few reminders. If you're tweeting or posting about the show online, please use hashtag TheValkyrieCycle or hashtag TVCSpoilers to tag your content and to help us see anything you'd like to share with us. You can follow our official account at Midnight Scene Media on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for updates and additional information about this show and more. Finally, a warning that this season deals with heavy themes, including reoccurring and intense depictions of generational trauma, internalized homophobia, violence, and interparty conflict. For episode-specific content warnings, please check the episode description or visit our website at midnightceremoniesmedia.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy episode 19 of The Valkyrie Cycle, Wolf Slain or World Consumed. Now we are in the end game. So it's getting towards the end of the night and eventually people start heading out to go change and wash makeup off and get ready for the sort of after prom or after party and this magical moment out of time is over and all of you start to feel the weight of the ticking clock Lucian finds Cassie and then heads straight straight to Starfire Aiden follows this he was probably with Cassie yeah I guess Caesar also follows I think Stephanie is already waiting out front with her car, ready to drive people anywhere if need be. Sylvia's probably sitting in the passenger seat. She also, just in case you all forgot, has a Jeep that can go drive in the mountains and all terrain. (laughs) There's a reason she's your getaway driver. (laughs) I mean, you didn't want Blondie to come get us. Starfire's sitting on the front patio, putting like leather fingerless gloves on her hands. Uh, and, you know, kind of like one leg, one leg balanced on the ground. Uh, her hair is up in a bun. Looks like maybe her sister helped her curl it just a little bit, but, but she pulls it down and you know, starts putting it in a tight ponytail. Eden goes to get the AED and the EpiPens and the first aid kit out of his car. Lucian gets his black boots out of the car for fight time. Starfire unzips her bag and pulls out the radios and any weapons that she carries for them. Walks up to Lucian. Hands the radio to him, presses it in his hand a little bit. Lucian takes the radio and then, like, looks at Starfire and thinks about doing, like, one of those, like, nods and then is like, fuck that. And then just, like, hugs Starfire really, really tightly. 
and says, hopefully this will be the last time we have to hand out these radios. Fuck you, I love these radios. They're really good, yeah. She kind of knocks her head into Lucian's and then turns around back to Cassie. Here you go. Thank you. Sure thing. Uh, hey, Eden. Yeah? Got you something. And she takes out a fourth radio that she's acquired over the past week and a half. Try to use this before those self-defense moves, but I don't think yeah. it would be the end of the world if you had to use them. They're coming along pretty well. I think I would look cool in my dress throwing some punches. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. Starfire's going to throw two, like, very teasing, mostly pulled punches at Eden. Eden will take them in stride and still go through the motions that Starfire taught him. There you go. Stephanie will, will kind of walk up mainly over to Cassie and just be like, okay, so what's the plan? Who's coming with me? Um, where are we going? I'm assuming that Starfire knows where we need to go. Um, we'll call... I think Cassie's going to hand her radio to Stephanie. Uh, Lucian has one. Starfire has one. Eden has one. This should be good for you if we need you. I think, have you parked a little bit away? And if we need you, we'll call. Or channel, say it over the radio. channel two, usually. Okay. And you, magic, last, last case scenario. Yeah. Or call me if you need it, to use it. Okay? I'll come. Um, I'm gonna go get changed. I don't want to get blood on this dress. <laughs> Alright. Cassie's just gonna take the blazer off and the waistcoat off, loosen the tie throat. Well, he's gonna keep the tie in his pocket, uh, but it's just button-up shirt, pants, and then the boots he probably threw in the car and his usual black knuckles. I mean, brass knuckles. Brass is probably a little inconvenient, so he probably has a change of clothes, but he's really upset about it. <laughs> but it's, they're still real, like, still way too nice to be fighting in the woods. It's still, it's still his, like, regular suit, but it's, it's better for running than a dress is. I think Eden puts on, like, a pair of Converse instead of the heels, but otherwise, and, like, has, like, a, has a jacket Starfire reaches back into her bag and like pulls a spare dagger out of it, kind of does the cool knife trick thing where you can flip it through each of your fingers if you're good with knives, uh, grabs the like handle of it, flips it around to Caesar. I don't think you'll need it, but you know. Just oh, cool. Caesar like pulls out a knife and does like a matching like trick. Like, I'll take it though. Thank you. Dual looting. Never a bad idea. Fancy, though. I didn't know you could do that. Starfire gives, like, a half smile to Caesar. All right. Ready? Ready when you are, Star. Yep. We're all behind you. Yeah. Stephanie, like, come, gives a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Sylvia, what is Sylvia? What is Sylvia doing? I want to know so bad. I know. I didn't know. <laughs> Yeah, Sylvia's just been sitting in the passenger seat of the car <laughs> the whole time, not getting out. Sylvia's just sitting there chilling, like, okay, all right. Sylvia's here for Stephanie. 
That works. That's it. <laughs> you guys head out? Head out. Strike team, triage team, getaway team. <laughs> Question. Who is it? Or is there a multiple cars? It's, or is Stephanie driving everyone? Because I don't actually know how big the Jeep is. What was my question? How many? It's your Jeep. How many people fit in your Jeep? (laughs) Isn't it super funny if we have like you know six seats and someone's just like sitting there? If we bring the Subaru Outback and the Jeep, like we're fine. I mean, people can sit like in each other's laps. Yeah, who cares about car safety right now? But consider, but consider, Stephanie driving, Sylvia passenger seat, Cassie and Eden stacked on one seat. Caesar and Lucian stacked on one seat and Starfire in the middle seat so fucking angry about everything. <laughs> I want that now. I Can we have this? Starfire could be in the trunk. Starfire is not going in the fucking trunk. <laughs> so you guys all squeeze into Stephanie's Jeep and uh starfire you give directions um because she looks appropriately fucking pissed but yes (laughs) yeah i want to say in the car i don't know if trios i'm pretty sure trios team is riding with them so the whole time cassie is anxiously rambling like it's better to go for a killing blow right off the bat like and then describes in detail how to take out a zombie fast if you need to to eat it at caesar Lucian is absolutely joining in and like playing off of everything that that Cassie's saying, and you get a hint of like how they t- both fight together, and it's really cute. And uh, you all drive up uh, into the woods, and um, Lucian and Cassie, you both like glance out the window, and both of you see like that on either side of the road, um, there are wolves running with the car a small like black pure black wolf and on the other side uh, a silver wolf with a black tail and a black muzzle and uh, a smaller sort of like russet wolf uh, with like silver on the the haunches and the underbelly Lucian opens the window and and howls out the window at them even though he's not a wolf he just loves them (laughs) You hear all three of them howl back and then uh, sort of bark at uh, the car. (laughs) Stephanie's just like, I'm really glad I talked to Luna before this, otherwise I would be freaking out right now. (laughs) 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 Stephanie Driver is kind of my new favorite thing I've ever had. (laughs) Eventually you get to like a spot where where Starfire, you like direct uh, Stephanie to pull off the road. And as the seven of you sort of clamber out of the car, Stephanie and Sylvia, this is something that you all, and Eden, I guess, as well, this is something that you haven't experienced before, which is the unnatural hush that begins to fall. And you can feel like the weight of the silence even even as like the seven of you are making noise and slamming the car door you can feel how heavy the quiet is and it settles over your shoulders and for starfire you can't see them yet or hear them but you 
you feel that there's something waiting for you just inside the trees. Every bit of her body feels like it's on fire. She steps out. Okay. You remember what we're doing? Yep. Hi, questions, comments, concerns. Good luck. Thank you. All of you, thank you. Kathy just starts folding up their sleeves. Lucian does the same. Eden's kind of like stuffing uh, Abby Fens into <laughs> his pocket. <laughs> I love Eden. I love Eden so much. <laughs> There's like gauze in there as well. Making sure he has things on him so he doesn't have to carry like two bags of I can carry one. Are you good? You don't have to put it all in your pocket. (laughs) Hey, I got pockets. Might as well make use of them. I have pockets too. All right. Here gives him an EpiPen. (laughs) Just like opens (laughs) the first aid kit. It's good to spread out the material amongst us. Yeah, me one EpiPen and you everything else. Thanks. (laughs) I only got two EpiPens. One for me, one for you. Sure. <laughs> the handlins are still in wolf form and uh, just sort of like, sort of waiting next to the side of the road. And you can tell that Luna is, uh, well, those of you who have seen Luna's wolf form before uh, know who she is, but the gray wolf is towering over the other two, uh, like just distinctly bigger than uh, the others. And um, is sort of pacing around while Al is like just rolled over and splayed out on the ground waiting. Uh, and Riley is just sitting there. Um, and they're uh, looking at all of you sort of also waiting for direction. Looks at Alicia and looks at Cassie. What do we think? Do you want us wolf or do you not want us wolf? Your call. Maybe you feel more comfortable. I feel like for speed purposes, and if we're going to be mostly fighting off zombies, feels like it makes sense to go wolf on this one, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, this will be fun. And Lucian, like, puts his knives away and, like, stretches, cracks his, like, his, his, his neck. Uh, like, goes over, kisses Caesar really quick, winks at Cassie, and then turns into a wolf. It's like the chillest transformation Lucian's ever had into a wolf. <laughs> yeah. It's it, it's actually, yeah, it is actually. It's like the first time you, you've seen him transform into a wolf, and it's not been, you know, painful in any way. Looks natural. Cassie, it takes a second to look at Lucian shifting, look at the handlands, and she's gonna lock eyes with the one she knows best, with Riley's eyes. And maintaining that eye contact, he's gonna roll his shoulders back and then shift. And if I 
can, I'm going to spend my string on Riley to give them the condition invulnerable. Oh. Can I spend my string on Luna Hanlon um, to give Luna Hanlon uh, the condition beast? Yes. I'm going to walk up to Starfire say just like kind of like as she's staring out into the forest walk up to her back kind of give her a hug from behind clutches but chills no matter what we trust you we know you've got this you already know what to do and we've got your back the whole way and I'm going to spend my string on Starfire. And I want to give her the condition in control. Okay. Starfire leans the tiniest bit into Eden's grasp. Thanks, Eden. You're a pretty incredible person. I'm sorry if I ever underestimated you. I know. You are too will remove his hands from her shoulders sigh and also just approach Caesar Caesar will squeeze Eden's hand Starfire walks forward and puts a hand on Cassie's muzzle and a hand on Lucian's alright Hanlins uh, start heading into the woods um, and Luna sort of comes up between uh, you, Cassie, and Lucian and you see that she sort of like kind of playfully nips at the both of you and uh, she is going to spend her two strings on one on Cassie and one on Lucian to give you both the condition pack Oh, I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna burst into tears. I don't want. <laughs> I love them so much. Werewolves. Oh, I do think Stephanie and Sylvia are the only ones probably staying by the car, right? Stephanie does did bring a little bag where she has like a little bowl and some matches and um the like earring that Sylvia gave her and the um like lock of hair from Cassie and like I don't know just like little things that she has like just in case just set up on her like dashboard in front of like the steering wheel Sylvia has gone to sit on top of the jeep for vantage point (laughs) look out I, I also have a string on Al. Can I also spend it to give Al the same condition I gave Riley invulnerable? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I was string on Riley. Can I give Riley the condition brave? <laughs> I'm gonna burst into tears. Stop. I have I still have two strings on Cassie. So we're using um, them up, baby. We got yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> I have so many strings, y'all. Um Eden will saddle up to Cassie as 
she's traveling on the ground and no words just like places an arm up onto her fur kind of scratches behind the ear gives uh gives her a uh, a kiss on the top of her head cassie leans into it just says i'm proud of you and will um will give her the condition powerful hell yeah do you head into the woods yeah Starfire, you start walking forward, flanked by Eden and Caesar, the wolves ahead of you. And uh, you see that that Luna is running ahead, and um, you see her like catch a scent and like dart off through the trees. And then Al and Riley um, split off uh, from her, and the three of them are like heading for things that they can sense and lucian and cassie you're starting to sense them too you can smell that cold sharp like metallic scent of the draugr waiting for you and there's a lot of them cassie's just gonna keep uh beside um starfire caesar and eden and just starting to like sink into like a prowl and keeping an ear ears like swiveling to keep an 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 ear on what's happening around them and if anything approaches like that lucian is on complete high alert and is sort of just like almost almost like a, a like like someone like a dancer or a performer is just just like if anyone ever has done viewpoints is so like <laughs> listening into everything and just like soft focus forward just like ears open calm watching luna watching starfire watching cassie watching the wolves and you get the sense that he can even he's still listening to sylvia and to stephanie all the way back at the car you begin to hear the sounds of wolves attacking something in the woods. And as the five of you trudge through the snow, getting ever closer to that clearing with that tree, you see emerging out of the shadows and the eerie gloom that creeps over the woods when it's just snow on the ground sort of like orange purpley and you see humanoid figures lost campers crawling out between from between the trees and out of the snow and you also see large hulking creatures a bear made of ice similar to the one you faced long ago but you also see that some of these didn't fully make it to any sort of defined form they're just sort of half half hulking like humanoid and yet beastly like hunchbacked icy creatures with like huge icy claws and like glowing eyes made of snow and light that burn out of like a face that 
is almost completely blank, and they, some slowly, but some faster than others, begin to encroach on the five of you. Eden's gonna lean over to Caesar and just say, when you said these were zombies, you weren't fucking kidding. Yeah, why would I fucking kid about that? I almost died. Eden, Caesar, back to back. Lucian Cassie? As soon as any anything gets in within uh, a f- several feet, any few feet, Cassie's on it. Uh, aiming for the th- any kind of weak point that she can identify. Yeah, folks, roll to lash out physically. Right, all right, all right. Oh, baby, that is a, a 14. Y'all add plus one from me, by the way. And plus one from me. Click. Oh my uh, God, these also, numbers are going to be insane. Actually, I also have plus one because of Unleashed. So technically that's- Oh um, my God. Uh, that's, a, that's a 17. To, that's that terrifying. <laughs> Starfire and Eden just buffing everyone. <laughs> I got wow. two sixes on the die, so that's uh, <laughs> ooh, 14, baby. I have a 12. We've oh, Avery Elder, we have broken your game. <laughs> <laughs> We've been max monster hearts. We've been max monster hearts. I will allow you all to describe how you begin to carve your way through this, like, encroaching army of ice zombies. Hey y'all, hey y'all. Might this be a wombo combo? It's a wombo combo! It's a wombo combo! A what? We have code names for, like, half of our team moves. One of them is wombo combo. We don't know what it means, but we wrote it down. I like to think. Yeah, go for it. Maybe I'll set the stage and then build off of it. But I like to think that as as sort of like a wall of the zombies start to, or Draugr, excuse me, start to approach. You're fine. They're fucking zombies. <laughs> They're zombies. <laughs> start to approach. It's sort of like, it's like the head of the sphere. And it's like, it's like Starfire, but like reversed almost. Where Starfire's in the middle, two wolves, and then Caesar and Eden. And as and as the, the line starts to move move forward, you just you it's it's just instantaneous and immediate of both uh, the the where the wolves just immediately jump on both of the on, on the on the line of, of of zombies and and just like I think Lucian probably like just bites the head off of one of them. Just full just bites a sk- down onto his skull, and then just like anything that, uh, like I think they like throw maybe throw zombies back and forth, take a bite out of one, and then like push them into the other one, and then they would then he would take a bite and then push it back into Cassie, and it's it's just almost it's like they're playing with their food. That's how easy it is. Oh, yeah, and Cassie hasn't gotten the chance to fight much. But where Starfire and Lucian are trained and like home practice, Cassie is just raw strength and power. Every move he makes, he digs his teeth in deep. He slams stuff on the ground. He 
like nothing about him is he doesn't have any formal training but he has the strength to put behind these blows so they're just tossing back zombies back and forth he cracks one into a tree and it makes a sound and it's just just total domination of everything that's happening and starfire doesn't she's not a wolf she doesn't have the the raw strength of the power so she has to be precise and she has to be smart and so she it's almost like she sees this in slow motion i think because she can perfectly get herself out of the way perfectly slide under move to the side get out of the way use gravity to exactly where she needs it to be to like catch the chain on something balance herself and give herself just enough to throw whatever she attached herself to across uh, mostly she is staying out of Lucian and Cassie's way because when they are wolf mode, they are scary, but she is setting things up. She is moving where she needs to be and getting things where they need to be and putting things in front of Lucian and Cassie and letting it happen. I do think that if they both jump up, she's gonna like slide under something and then like knock it back, like over itself. Shards of ice are just flying through the air, and snow is being trampled and upturned. And in the whirl of fighting, you see that it is certainly overwhelming for probably both Caesar and Eden to watch, but also you, as the, like, the longer that you watch and the longer that you duck, uh, like chunks of ice flying your way, you begin to see the beauty and the rhythm and you begin to feel it as the three of the chosen begin to move forward and carve a path for the two of you to follow and ahead you can see a clearing peeking through the trees Okay, when we have a moment of levity or like, you know, a second where the drugger onslaught is paused enough that we can talk for 15 seconds, Starfire will flip back around to Eden and Caesar and say, okay, this is your spot. Stay here. If the Hamlins are around, I'm Starfire is hoping to give them like a quick nod as in like a, these two are here, make sure that nothing comes and gets them. Uh, and looks at Lucian, looks at Cassie, and says, can you two handle the drugger? Lucian just smiles, a teethy smile. Cassie just does it like a nod. Okay. I got Cora. Lucian puts his forehead to Starfire one more time and just like nuzzles into her. Yep, before darting off, Cassie's gonna do the same thing that he did once Starfire told him everything at Morgan's house. He'll lean into her, do a full like circle around her body, and then dart off to take down another jogger. Lucian will also do sort of the before Cassie fully runs away. Lucian will like, for the first time, his wolf form will touch Cassie's wolf form and he'll turn his forehead against his. Cassie leads into it so hard. You you get the sense that if he could talk, he would say, I love you and thank you. And then 
screams at the moon one more time. So and a then loud howl. Loud howl. And then splits. Starfire, as you head for the clearing up ahead, the sound of five huge wolves breaking into song behind you fills the air and you are heading to meet your fate and yet the presence of the wolves around you is a comfort because they have your back does she have a second if she keeps walking towards the clearing and like gets listens to the wolves but continues moving forward and lets herself come back into that quiet in the woods. Does she have a second? You have a second. Starfire watches Lucian and Cassie's like split both directions and smiles a little bit and walks forward and keeps walking forward until she's in the woods and she knows where they are, but she doesn't see any of them. And she turns on her radio. And she turns it to channel three. And she presses talk. And she says, <clears throat> His Royal Highness, monarch of dumb fuckery and the bravest goddamn asshole I have ever met. Lucian Astor, I cannot believe how much of an audacious bastard you are all the damn time. Don't you ever change that. I mean, the car might need to go, but don't you ever let go of your inane bravery and irrational loyalty and loving fucking heart. And I hope you get your cabin in the woods. And I hope you get the fireflies and the mountains and the stupid fucking British literature. And I hope you get the life you imagine because your voice has never been too loud for it. And I'm not one for sentimental bullshit, so this is a stretch I hope you're fucking appreciating. So, point one. You are everything you need to be exactly as you are. And the universe is better for having had you in it. And I can tell you that while dancing or fighting or joking, but I think it's about time I do it in words too, because. You're kind of a words guy. I wish, I wish a lot of things, but thank you for teaching me how to wish. And Cassie's right, you're a hurricane, but you always reminded me of the stars. Not just one of them, like the galaxy unquantifiable, limitless, always dreaming. I always kind of wondered what it would be like to have a brother. I kind of liked it. And uh, point two, I love you dipshit. Take care of the world for me. Takes her finger off the talk button. Breathes. Presses it again. 
because I, uh, I do remember. I know I said I didn't, but I do remember when you saved me. And the funny thing is I can actually remember a few times because yeah, you started in September and you haven't stopped since. I have never met someone that made me feel as capable of love as you did. And sometimes I don't want to believe you. It's worth it, but some part of me listens. Because it is, despite everything in the face of anything. Because you are love and you are every gentle and kind thing that I have ever known. So thank you. Thank you for being here and thank you for exactly who you are. And thank you for messing up my fucking hair and teasing me at lunchtime. <laughs> I am so lucky to have known you, Cassie, and more lucky to have loved you. You make the people around you better and you make people better and you don't have to, but you do anyway. And I've never met anyone quite like that. And thank you for loving me and Lucian and Eden and everything that you touch. And uh, thank you for the nickname. I always wanted one. Sorry that supernova is so on the nose. I've, I've actually been trying to think of one for you for a while. Nickname. For a while I was thinking maybe a fire like you burn and you warm and you're beautiful in the night or maybe avalanche or aftershock for the sake of set of three natural disaster names. But I, I think I like Meridian best. A circle of constant longitude passing through both of Earth's poles, dividing it into even halves. It's not a perfect analogy, but I've always thought of it as something like the heart. I love you. And thanks, Meridian. Supernova. And then kind of takes your finger off the top button. And takes off her blazer. and drops the jacket and the radio into the snow. And walks forward. You step into the clearing and you were here before, so you know exactly where to look cross against a tree is Cora Blackwell. She has her blazer off and tossed to the side of the ground next to her, and her sleeves rolled up to her elbows, and her dark red hair is pulled up in the same bun she always wears to school. She isn't facing you. She's leaning her forehead against the tree, where you know the initials of her last name are carved, 
and she hears you step across the snow inside the ring of trees and without turning to look at you you hear Cora call out one last time even at the end I'm kind of glad it's just the two of us and then she presses her palms up against the tree and you see at the nape of her neck a symbol starts to glow the same symbol you've been finding on all of the stones inside of all of the draugr since you started fighting them back in September and Cora puts her forehead against the bark of the tree and then she lets out a scream and all of you feel the earth shake and snow falls from the boughs of the trees overhead and even the draugr stop for just a moment and then Cora stops and she turns and as she turns she sort of convulses and twitches and you see that her neck twists and then she straightens up and looks at you and opens her eyes and there are burning white lights inside of both of her pupils and she gives you a big smile full of teeth that you have never seen on her face before and it looks awkward and strange there and she t- stands sort of taller and she looks at you from across the clearing and says, Oh, little Valkyrie, I'm so glad you finally made it. And you can hear Cora's voice is sort of layered, like she is speaking, but behind her, within her, is a darker, older power that cannot help but leak through. And she starts to sort of walk the edge of the clearing, starting to circle. And she starts to like sort of stretch and you can hear like the bones cracking. And she says, Ugh, it is good to be free. How about you, Starfire? How's your night going? Starfire takes a couple shaky breaths. stands her ground. And she was looking for Cora. She wasn't sure if it was her standing there. But she knows she's not looking at Cora. And Starfire sets her shoulders back puts on her stupid little grin and says, Come get me, Fenris. Oh, I've been waiting. (laughs) And you see that Korra sort of, like, hunches forward, and from, like, her back raises this, like, spectral form 
that is a massive wolf that just lands on its front paws. And you can see through it because it's sort of translucent, but you can see its outline and its shape. And inside of it are just these burning bright stars. And Korra is suspended in the middle of it. And you see that the wolf isn't fully there, but it shakes the ground as it hits it. And you can still see Korra's mouth moving, and the words are coming from her still, but now it is the wolf, this giant, like 10, 12 foot tall image against the sky keeps circling. And you hear Fenris sort of laugh. Ah, thousands of years trapped, chained, and the one they sent to defeat me is a girl so young, so scared. Why the long face, Starfire? Are you afraid to hurt me? Sorry, no. Are you afraid to hurt your friend, Korra? More than friends? She seems to feel a lot about you. That's too bad. Come get me. If you want me. Come here. What, you think I'm gonna hurt you? I'm just a little girl. If they only sent me, then it can't be that hard. You see that Fenris grins, but you hear within their chest a deep snarl start to build and even Sylvia and Stephanie you can feel like the jeep like shaking on the street and Fenris falls into a crouch Starfire is spinning the chain around her hand like a pendulum one two three and the wolf's eyes follow the chain and the grin is gone and it is just lips peeled back and long fangs dripping and it is groveling and angry and you hear Fenris scream I will not be chained again oh I'm sorry were you afraid of it and it leaps at you so what would you like to do as this spectral wolf with Korra sort of suspended inside of it leaps at you. Starfire does not stand like she normally stands when she fights. She stands a little bit like Cassie and she is going to try to do a move that she's seen Cassie try before when dodging out of the way of something in the woods, just kind of not wolf-like, but she wants to think about how Cassie moves, how Cassie fights, what he does when something comes at him. And she wants to do that. Roll to lash out physically. What count is part of the trick? Oh yeah, am uh, I getting a bonus from that? You get a, what is the, you have a condition uh, in control, which you can get a bonus yes, from. that as well. Um, yes, you can, uh, I will say that because no one else is here, it is just you Fenris you don't get the bonus from having your gang okay so I rolled 
a seven, but I have the reaping as a move, which means that when I'm using the chain, I can treat a seven to nine as if it was a 10 plus. God damn, that move is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Mid-maxing monster hearts. Uh, okay, so on a 10 and up, you deal them harm and they choke up momentarily before they can react. Uh, so what do you do? Okay. Uh, Starfire, want, if Fenris goes up, Starfire is going down to kind of mirror. And she is going to lash out with the chain. It doesn't wrap around the spectral form, does it? It can. Okay, great. She's not going to hit Korra. She can help it. Uh, And she's going to wrap it around one of the legs, and she wants to, like, if she's going under and catches a leg, she wants to flip Fenris onto his back. But she wants to follow that up with a jab from a brass knuckle that she has on her hand. Absolutely. You flip Fenris and he slams into the ground on his back and uh, you follow up with like a sharp punch and it connects and actually as you like hit Fenris you feel like fur and something solid. That's terrifying. Sorry. (laughs) And you hear Fenris growl and they start to like clamber to their feet and Fenris starts to circle you again. Starfire is walking in the opposite direction like, oh, I'm sorry. Did the 17 year old girl just flip you over? Or was I mistaken? And she's going to start doing some of the same stretches that that they were doing as Korra earlier. You hear Fenris snarl deep in their throat and in Korra's voice, they say, I guess I should have expected more. That's always been my undoing, underestimating people. Though in my defense, the people I underestimated were my family. Adorable. Is that all you got? Because I think I can handle that. Well, I learned my lesson the first time around. Nobody gets my mercy anymore. And... This time, you see that Fenris starts to settle into a spring and sort of starts to leap at you and then tucks and rolls and just lashes like a giant paw at you. And you feel like huge, jagged claws like rip into your leg and leave jagged slashes that start bleeding and you see that like the red droplets start to stain out into the snow and Fenris just moves past you and then sort of sits and tilts its head kind of like a dog and looks at its bloody paw as you sort of like stagger as your leg is scratched do I take harm? yes you yes you two take a point of harm and Fenris sort of looks at you and looks at its paw and then they say Tell me, Valkyrie, what's so worth defending this world anyway? Why not start anew? Why not start afresh? The gods don't care for this world anymore. They don't care for me. They don't care for you, clearly. Why not let me win? 
I'd really like to. That's a good question, Fenris. I think I'd rather not let the world burn while I had anything to do with it. The world isn't just going to burn. It's going to drown. And I'm going to sit above it all and wait. I'm going to wait for the silly little gods who locked me away and threw away the key to return and try and defend their stupid, doomed creation. And then I'm going to swallow all of them and let them taste my rage and my anger and my pain because I've been stewing in it for some time. So I guess I can give you a fight if that's what you want, Starfire, but I just... It would be so much easier if we didn't have to do this. And... I could give her back to you. She only had to set me free. I don't need a vessel forever. And that's the first time that Starfire loses count of how many seconds have passed since Fenris first jumped to her. That's a lie, you know it. <laughs> Is it? I'm going to be big enough to swallow the sun. I'm not going to need an 18-year-old to contain my body. I won't be able to be contained. Once you kill me, though. A necessary step that you have not yet completed, so... I might stop with all of the, um, villain monologuing and the thoughts about eating the sun until you kill the, oh, 17-year-old girl with a bit of chain link around her arm that's been holding you off for at least 45 seconds, which, comparatively, isn't bad. I'd be a bit embarrassed about it, I think, if I were a spectral wolf destined to eat the sun. You see that Fenris just, this time, doesn't even deign you with a response and just leaps at you again, this time with jaws snapping. You have a split second to do something, but you also see through the wolf to Korra, who's suspended in air, limp, unmoving, but her eyes are open. And as you glance into them, they're empty. Starfire is still going to try to dodge to the way and kind of like flip to the side and get a couple of hits in with the brass knuckles. But if they, if, when they hit, if they hit, when they make the sound of connecting, she's not looking at Fenris, she's remembering the sound of Cora's baseball bat hitting a home run during softball practice. In the follow-up strike, she remembers footfalls walking into the locker room. First day of senior year, getting ready to change her practice. And she is there and she is fighting, but she's starting to get a bit lost maybe. She's listening to Fenris more than she wishes she was. Well, Talasha, physically. Twelve. You and 
Fenris are exchanging blows and their jaws always snapping right beside your ear or beside your arm, but you dodge out of the way only to run into claws and they scrape down your side. But Fenris is very, very big, which makes it very, very hard for them to dodge. And so even as Fenris is laying hits on you, you are returning more. And you can see that the sort of spectral wolf that with every second has been getting less and less spectral is starting to weaken. And their blows get slower. But Fenris can also see the way that your eyes follow Korra. And they begin to taunt you. <laughs> oh... I think you forgot something, Valkyrie. And Fenris sort of like stops panting, big wolf tongue sort of like rolling out of their mouth. That one little line of a prophecy. You gotta kill me. And that means killing her. Is that a sacrifice you really want to make? Is that something you want to live with? Starfire sways on her feet just a little bit. And she's hearing Cora's voice in her head, just instead of the silence echoing. If you don't need her, then why don't you just let her go? You're already going to destroy the world. You don't need an 18-year-old girl. Well, I guess you missed the memo, Valkyrie. But, uh, I am not forgiving, <laughs> and I want you to hurt. I want everyone to hurt, because my family locked me away. And for what? For what? Because I was too strong, too powerful, and they couldn't control me. It didn't matter that I never would have hurt them, because I loved them. But that didn't seem to matter to them because all they saw was a big bad wolf. And so they locked me away, and I am not going to let that happen to me again. I'm not going to let that happen to anyone again. I am going to end the world and remake it with no chains. No gods. Just freedom. And if I have to break some hearts to do it, I'm gonna do it. Because that's part of the fun. I think in the car, with the earth rumbling, Stephanie has been on the radio just being like, Does anyone need any help? Is everything going okay? Do we need to fall back? Uh, does anyone see how it's going? Can Eden and Caesar see what's happening? from where they are? Uh, I think you can hear like bits and pieces of Fenris's dialogue, not all of it, but you can hear like the sort of like layered voice echoing through the trees and you can see it. You can see Fenris towering over them. But we can see Starfire landing her blows one by one. Is the, the tide of zombies, I assume, still s- strong? It is still strong, but uh, sort of weakening over time as, well, 
ice zombies are no match for a full pack of wolves, and the five of you are absolutely decimating this army. And as you're doing so, sort of fighting in unison, you feel the earth shake, and Lucia, you're not there. You can't hear what's happening. But the echo of Fenris sort of comes to you, and you hear that line about a world with only freedom, a world with no chains for anyone. Lucian keeps fighting the zombies and angles closer to where that voice was coming from and as far as the fight is spread out just sort of starts edging his way closer still fighting everything but he wants to hear more Sylvia you hear that whisper too a world with no chains not physical chains, magical chains, curses, binding. A world without jail cells. A world of freedom. Not getting any um, responses on the radio, Stephanie stumbles out of the car and just goes, I don't, I don't know how things are going. Do you think, should we get closer? I think you should stay in the car. The door is locked. I'm not leaving you. And you're not leaving me. Please don't leave me. You promised me, remember? I remember. Do you want to get closer? go help them. Okay. Sylvia will, like, lead towards the voice. Caesar, you hear the voice. And you, you see Fenris ahead of you, and you hear the echo, and you hear a world with no chains. A world with no expectations. A world of just freedom and people, a world where families don't get to dictate what kind of person you get to be. Man, it's fucked up. <sighs> Catherine, you know which buttons to push for every single person. Yeah, huh? so fucked up. <laughs> God damn it. Ugh. Fuck. Caesar is not gonna leave Eden, but I mean, they're in a safe place right now, so he's gonna say to Eden, I'm right here, I'm just getting a closer look. Eden will nod and look at Caesar and just say don't do anything stupid I never do that's my boyfriend's 
whole thing. At least leave me with one of your knives. Oh, yes, of course. Fuck, yes. You creep closer to the clearing. Lucian, you head in the direction of the voice. Sylvia, you lead Stephanie into the woods. And the three of you hear Fenris's next words as they scramble up from where Starfire has beaten them into the snow again. And they say, Tell me, Valkyrie, what is so villainous about wanting something new? About wanting to get rid of all the old institutions and the families and the chains that bind us all, that keep us all down. Come on, Starfire, don't tell me that you don't want to be free of your mom and dad. Because Cora knows and she sees how you feel when you have to go home. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what happened to you. Sorry, sorry doesn't, doesn't fix it, it does it? I know. I know, but that doesn't mean I don't want to say it to you anyway. Maybe we can figure something out. There are things I love here. There are things that are worth fighting for here. And I will protect them, but I don't think I need to protect them from you. Well, then that's your mistake. Because my brother is trapped in the sea, keeping the world together. No thanks to any of you. His children cursed. For what? Because Thor can't take a joke? My sister locked away forever. Never gets to see the sun. Because she was just a girl with power. And everyone know that gods hate people like that. I'm a little hard-pressed to find anything worth the eons of pain and suffering inflicted upon me and my family for just being. I just want to be. And no one's gonna let me, so I'm gonna take it. What if I did? What if I let you go? You see that Fenris sort of hesitates, pauses. Fenris, I, I actually, I don't, I don't think you're a villain. I think you might have been treated like one, and I want to help if I can. And I'm willing to try. Because my friends taught me to believe in second chances. And it seems like you weren't even afforded a first. This is a little bit of a weird move. Um, but I would like you to roll to shut Fenris down. Oh, okay. Me and my negative one cold coming in clutch. Is it... Are you in the, in the way that like uh, the growing up move gets used kind of, or just in the, cause don't forget about the growing up moves. 
actually, yeah. Wait, pause. Let me pull up. Uh, yeah, you might want to the... do something about that. Cause... So, okay. So the four growing up moves are make others feel beautiful, call people on their shit, intervene in an act of violence, or share your pain. Which one do you think Starfire is trying to do? That's a great fucking question. Um, I don't know. Maybe the intervene? Okay, so roll with volatile. Thank fucking God. I had no idea which one was that. Um, okay. God bless my plus three volatile. Um, I, that makes it a nine. Unless I get a plus one for, oh, in control? In control. Yeah. Ten. Make that a success. On a ten and up, you get in the way and they need to deal with you first. Whoever you're protecting gets to react and takes one forward to whatever they decide to do. You extend an offer to Fenris that they have never heard before. And as this sort of like shaky giant wolf almost reels back at that sort of like surprise, you see that up in the air, Cora blinks and she looks at you. What if I let you go? I don't know if I can, but I could try. I could try anyway. You see that Fenris kind of like snarls, but not out of like this sort of fury that they were acting out of earlier, but now it's sort of like angry confusion. And they almost sort of like rear back a little bit and go, this, we're supposed to kill me. I don't want to. I don't want to. You hear just Cora's voice echo and say, I don't want to. And if I were to let you go, where would you go? What would you do? I, I've been chained to a rock on the edge of the world for millennia I don't know that's okay you don't have to you'd have as much time as you'd like to figure it out around the clearing I have a question Mm -hmm. do I see Sylvia approach uh yeah probably with Stephanie (laughs) Eden sees Sylvia first and Eden instead of walking to the clearing will cut their way to Sylvia and just stop in front of her uncomfortably close not even looking at Stephanie and place a hand on her shoulder and say I don't know what you think you're doing but I thought I heard you promise that you would stay out of our way. And like Eden's kind of like, like tracing her arm or her hand on Sylvia's arm. Can I roll to turn her on? Sure. (laughs) Stephanie is right there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I've been wanting to use this move for ages. I took it in like session three. All right, this is gonna be a roll with cold. 
Wait, what what move are you using? I'm going to use I heard a rumor. That's a 4 and a 5 on the dice. Plus 2 cold, which brings that to an 11. So, when I roll to turn someone on, I can use cold instead of hot. And additionally, on a 10 plus, the target must promise something that they think you want and choose a second option. What do you choose, Sylvia? What are the options? You get, I give myself to you or get embarrassed and act awkward. But you also have to promise something? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's automatic. Sylvia, okay. <laughs> Sylvia doesn't get embarrassed. And Sylvia likes physical intimacy. However, Stephanie's right there. Can we just say Quinn hates Stevia? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm getting from this. Well, also, I mean, in the context of this move like, specifically and how it's being used, I give myself to you does not need to be interpreted as like romantic passion. Okay. Eden doesn't have any romance behind this. Eden has a purpose. And Eden has a presence. It may be soft, but it's there. Yeah, I guess Sylvia will give herself to Eden. What does that look like? <laughs> Sylvia will stop moving. And wherever Eden, like, pushes Sylvia direction to go, Sylvia will go that way without any sort of argument. Eden will just subtly tip the hand that was on her shoulder forward in the direction back towards the car. What do you do, Stephanie? Um, Eden, how's it? Uh, hi. Uh, we're just trying to make sure that everything's okay. Everything's fine. We have it handled. Sure, because it sure does feel like an earthquake right now. I look over at Starfire, who is now stopped fighting and having this conversation. Starfire is locked in and like in the moment and she does not do this, but I need you to know that I, Casey, want so badly to be like, it's fine, and then just... (laughs) Yeah. Eden sees her posture, her aura. She's in control. You can head back. Okay. I'll go uh, warm up the car. The two of you turn around and start to head back. And I think all of you, because Cassie, you stuck with the Hanlins and are fighting more Draugr. And then sort of out of nowhere, all of them just pause. Like literally like someone hit a pause button and they all just sort of freeze for a moment. And you see that the Hanlins all sort of like stop for a second and look at you they're like wolf heads sort of like cocked in like confusion Cassie's gonna cautiously he's gonna stall there and he's gonna look around try and get a, a sense of what's going on try and see if he can see anybody through the woods 
get a sense of what's happening over at the clearing. In this eerie silence in the woods, sound carries really far. And with everything paused, you hear Starfire tell Fenris that they have all the time in the world to figure it out. And in that moment, Starfire, you see that Fenris sort of just sits back on their haunches, their ears sort of twitching. And you all hear that. You have all the time in the world to figure it out. Stephanie squeezes Sylvia's hand. The chains that bind all of you have, for the most part, been broken. And you all were the ones who did that for yourselves. You have all the time in the world to figure out what you want to do and find yourselves and be your own person. You are not bound. The world is a world of freedom already. And you see that Fenris sort of lays down with like their head onto their paws. And Starfire, you see that Korra kind of falls out of like the specter and just sort of like rolls into the snow and she starts to like sit up. Thank you. Starfire takes a step closer to Fenris. Uh, Earlier she was pretending she wasn't afraid. Now she's really not. And she walks closer and closer, as close as they'll let her get. And she takes her face in a way she saw Eden once do and kind of presses her forehead into Fenris and says, all the time you want, I trust you. I choose you. And I choose to do this. And Starfire is going to use the move License to Depart, which says, with a short prayer, you may instantly send any spirit, demon, or otherworldly power back to whence they came. If this entity is stronger than you, however, you must weaken it in order to successfully send it. And if you'll allow me, I would like to use it to break Fenris's chains. I'd like to let them go. Fenris is laying there and you feel their cold fur against your skin and as you break their chains you feel your chain break and you see that the spectral wolf made of these cold icy stars begins to grow warm and the stars that shine with this cold white blue light mellow and turn golden yellow. Fenris twitches their ears at you and they stand up, shake the snow off their fur and they nudge you with their nose one last time and just say, this wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah, me neither, but I'm glad the world is a warmer place now. Starfire scratches the side of their face and feels a little bit of warmth and smiles. Yeah, me too. Take care, Fenris. They settle back into a crouch 
and spring forward and their paws don't hit the ground. They just climb up into the sky and join the stars. And I think if the moonlight catches it just right, you could almost imagine wings at Starfire's back. And then she runs to Korra. <laughs> yeah, Korra is sort of like like sitting up but like has her like knees up against her chest and she's like got her head like between them and is just sort of like staring at the ground. Hey, hey, hey. Uh she like looks up uh and looks a little dazed but uh says uh what the fuck? I told you I got you. You thought I was lying. You are amazing. <laughs> and she kisses you. Uh, Starfire kisses her back for real this time. And she pulls away and says, Wow. You're okay? I think... I think so. I think so. Right. Cool, good. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm pretty bruised. Uh, Yeah, sorry about that. I mean, better than a couple of softball practices, so... Maybe they'll let us have them. No, I think we I think we have the outdoor space. <laughs> yeah, I think uh winter might be over. Like for real. That'd be nice. I think I could do without some snow for a bit, maybe. Me too. I need to go someplace warm. Wanna go to the beach? I would love to go to the beach. Alright. Um, Cora Mitchell, may I take you to the beach? I say, knowing full well that this means Stephanie Chaplin will be driving you to the beach in her vehicle that seats five people maximum. (laughs) Uh, Cora uh, puts her hand on your face and sort of strokes her thumb under your cheek and says, I would love to be taken to the beach, Starfire Miller. I think Star's okay. Maybe just Star. Star? Yeah. And she hugs you and she doesn't have to say it because you can feel it, the gratitude and the hope that she has. And Starfire hugs her back and then she turns around to see Lucian and Cass and everyone, but. Eden's kind of like walked up next to Caesar and then like sees the wound on Starfire's leg and he's just like, oh God. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. No, you, no, your medical training, I do not believe deals with spectral wolf wound. Do not, it's good, I'm good. We're, it's a I'm, I'm fine, I'm gravy, I it's good. It is it not a compound fracture. I am so, I'm so good. I'm so fine, actually. Can I hug you? Me? Wait, me? Who are you asking? Yeah. Um. That's a good question. I think it was more of a general, like, group hug insinuation. Yes! But it is already on the way. I was gonna say that as as soon as, like, it it seemed as though Star and Korra's, like, intimate moment had broken a little bit, Lucian was gonna, like, run, run, run up. And like Star not, runs too. Yeah, not knock over either of them because wounds, but like 
very like yeah we'll run up to starfire and and like uh, you, you, see, you see it's kind of terrifying because at first you just sort of see like a massive wolf like <laughs> bounding towards you oh, starfire <laughs> holds her arms fucking open like come at me bro <laughs> and lucian like sort of just like tum- tumbles uh into you and then like halfway through the tumble like turns back into himself um and is is just sort of like like grabs on is like i knew you could do it i knew you could fucking i knew you could fucking do it so fucking cool i love you guys so much that was a pretty fucking badass wombo combo i think we got to keep that shit around nailed the wombo combo never have we lost starfire holds out a hand for cassie specifically too yeah, I think Cassie like pulls up with the hands behind her after realizing the fight had finished. And he's not going to barrel forward. He's just, it's like, he steps forward as a wolf and then it's like a, he passes behind, like beside a tree and then he's himself again. And he just like shoves his hands in his pockets and has the widest grin splitting his face. And he's like, we did it. Sans defibrillator, defibrillator, surprisingly, <laughs> AED, although Eden does have it, just in case. You know, we could just keep it. You know, the no, one you stole from the nurse's that. office? No. <laughs> I think we need to put I that I know, it might be helpful to have on hand. They don't call it the Night of Revels for nothing. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. May need to keep some spoils. Uh, Al has stepped into back into their human form and just sort of like walks over to you, Eden, and like puts a hand out and says, uh, as a Thornridge school employee, I, I am gonna have to take that back. <laughs> Eden has like a full face of emotions because he did not know that uh, the Hanlins were werewolves. <laughs> For. Uh-huh. Cool, cool, cool. Uh yeah. Thank you. Um they like look at their watch. Folks, I am old and this is past my bedtime. Uh great work though. Truly spectacular. Look forward to seeing you in mechanic class. Yep. You are yep. getting an A, Miss Miller. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first one in, like three years. I'm fucking psyched. And uh they sort of like uh, pat Riley on the head and just say, "You too, bud. We're going home." Can Can Lucian really quickly before Riley leaves just like lean down and give them a fist bump and say, "You're a pretty badass out there." <laughs> they tap like their paw, which is actually huge compared to your hand, uh, to your fist, and uh, just give a little yip. Luna does stick around for a second though, and. Um, comes back uh, into her wolf form. She's still wearing her prom dress and she sort of like takes in the scene and uh, walks over to like Stephanie and Sylvia. Yeah, I was gonna say- Oh I yeah, think, where are y'all I mean, after Eden kind of encouraged them to turn around, um, I think Stephanie walked a couple paces, but then they kind of have stayed and, and watched like all the celebrating. Um, and when it's like finally you know like people are celebrating stephanie just like just hugs sylvia and just buries her face and just like 
it's okay. It's okay. We're gonna be okay. Lily is gonna hug Stephanie back really tightly. Stephanie doesn't also is hiding her face so she doesn't have to see everyone celebrating without her. <sighs> but she just tries to focus on the fact that they're okay. Luna sort of walks over with like hoisting her dress up so she can walk through the snow. Uh, though it looks like she is barefoot uh, under the dress. Um, Luna Hamlin. Oh, love of my life. My god, Luna I love Hamlin. her. Yeah, Eden has another full face of emotions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Luna like is walking through the snow and then sort of like can like like awkward silence and just turns and like winks at Eden and then uh, heads back over and uh, Luna leans up against the tree and like pulls something out of her pocket and uh, you Stephanie you feel something like like hit you in the back what 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 the fuck and you turn and Luna like looks at the ground and there's like a granola bar there what what happy happy not end of the world <laughs> just starts laughing yeah congrats you're really scary thank you thank you uh cassie goes over to starfire and decora and like that um the image of like this this woman's soccer team and it has like uh carrying two people kind of side by side she like hoists them up uh, and is kind of carrying them on her hips and she's just goes and I see that this has worked out I'm assuming that this is cool you guys yes cool we're cool you were right about a lot of things and I should listen to you more often there you go mm. you're never getting mad again enjoy it Starfire leans down and kind of Russell's Cassie's hair up a little bit. Hey, that's my move, not yours. Mm, what a share. I think if if Stephanie's looking, Eden, in, in looking in their direction, Eden is not quick to forgive. And for every person that Stephanie has hurt in the three years, almost four, that she's been at the school, Eden has helped them, but he sees that she did uphold her promise, even through encouragement, and that there is a small little flower beginning to bloom that could grow into forgiveness. Stephanie um, kind of... Pick you after picking up the granola bar um, she's still hugging close to Sylvia she looks around and goes it's fucking freezing let's get in my car and is gonna go and run to start that up and get the, the heater going and the star catches Sylvia yeah. um, she'll kind of talk up and be like oh uh, hey I think there's something that should have been done a good long while ago and Starfire's gonna hold out her hands. So it's just gonna stare at the hands. Come on, fucking trust me for a second. The world didn't end. Sylvia so will take Starfire's hands. 
I'd like to use the same move on Sylvia to break her curse. Yeah, absolutely, you can do that. Sylvia, you and your family are, like, the most recent generation of generations of Jormungandr's descendants who have lived with this curse since the moment you were born. And it's like when you're so used to like a weight being on your chest, you don't notice that it's even there until someone lifts it off. And for the first time in your life, you realize that there has been a weight there tying you to this human form. And as Starfire takes your hands, suddenly the weight keeping you in one shape is gone. And you are free to be whatever you want to be as much as you would like. This is not a thing I ever imagined that would happen. I I think Sylvia will just go you of course i'm sorry it didn't happen sooner yeah i think sylvia will just go follow stephanie to the car and probably take out their phone to see if they can get any sort of service to call the police station to see if they can set up a call with their mother um the self-reception out here is pretty bad uh, and as you walk back, you sort of realize, oh, it's uh, like midnight on a Saturday night. Um, so if you call the police station, you're going to get like the guy on the night shift. Um, but you certainly can if you would like. We will call tomorrow. <laughs> Cassie, are you still carrying Cora back to the car? Uh, Cassie will put her down, but if it looks like Cora's having trouble walking, she will carry Cora. Uh, Cora's a little unsteady at first, but is fine. But as you guys walk, she sort of leans over to you and says, you know, you're, like, really strong. Have you thought about playing softball? Mm, I got kicked off the volleyball team for a very good reason, but I could probably swing softball, yeah. I am, like, literally the captain, so, uh... I will get you into practice. Okay. Does everyone get into Stephanie's car? Or, or is Stephanie gonna have to drive Luna as well? Oh no. Luna is just going to shift back when she see like she gets a she takes a gla- like a glance at the car and it's like, oh fuck no, I'm not getting in that. And just <laughs> uh, turns back into a wolf. Well, she turns back into a wolf, then shifts back and says where are you guys going? The beach. Want to come? Beach? What? Wait, why are we going right to the beach? Right now? We yeah. Did we discuss we this on the, the ride? For... I didn't know that the beach was like right after. It's the middle of the night. I can probably. We can wait. Um, I mean, I asked my mom if we could do an after party and then she said no. But also, if you guys all show up. None of you want to come to my house. Okay. Um, no, I I appreciate the, the offer. offer. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. I can get you guys free alcohol. Luna looks at all of you and goes, 
even better. Four words. 24-7 diner. That was three. <laughs> Agree. I could go for some waffles right now. Sylvia will just go, I can always eat. I feel guilty about not paying Pam, so we should, I want to go back <laughs> to the diner. Caesar paid her like $200. I yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't me, you guys. I feel bad. Oh okay, in the car, in the car. Eden saddles up to Cassie and is like, you know, if you're offering to carry someone. Okay, Eden. And they pick her up <laughs> and they spin her around and they kiss her. And kisses her back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, if that means that maybe Cora's not with anyone and Lucian would, who's sort of been keeping his distance from Cora would just sort of like shove his hands in his pockets and like walk up next to her and like uh, pull out probably another joint from his pocket because it's after Bromedy is prepared and, and sort of just like flicks open his disgustingly embroidered like uh, oh embossed God. Zippo lighter and says uh, to pay back for the first time. She just throws her arms around your neck and hugs you. And she says, you are the, maybe the best friend I've ever fucking had. And I'm sorry I did say it back to you earlier, but I fucking love you, man. I love you too. And as he hugs her, he will use his one string that he has on Cora to give her the condition best friend. It is super late, so uh, we can start to we can start to wrap up uh, with just one last thing, which is that um, the eight of you clamber into Stephanie's car, and Star Star, you were sitting in the middle alone, sandwiched between these like two gross happy couples. Uh, (laughs) But this time, uh, Cora gets in first. It's sort of like pets uh her leg so that you can come sit and she just wraps her arms around her around your waist and buries her head in your back and just breathes with you and the eight of you together go to the diner in the middle of the night scraped up bruised cold I would like it on record that Stephanie Chaplin does play Starships by Nicki Minaj at full volume. (laughs) (laughs) Crumbling into a ball right now. Oh my God. Uh, But you guys pull into the, the parking lot and pile into one of those like big booths in the back of the diner. And, you know, for... A prophecy, impending doom, the end of the world, also prom night. You guys have done pretty well. I think that tonight, the gays fucking win. (laughs) And that is where we'll end our session. Whoa. Is this real? Did that just happen? Whoa. Did we win? We, we won Monster won. Hearts. We actually won. won Monster Hearts.
This episode featured Catherine Rarit as the Master of Ceremonies, Percival Walter as Lucian Astor, Quinn Porzen as Eden Grace, Arcadia Reeves as Cassie Rodriguez, Casey Fleming as Starfire Miller, Karina Revilla as Cesar Rodriguez Reyes, Victoria Nielsen as Sylvia Striciante, and Saffron Heftigaub as Stephanie Chaplin. The Valkyrie Cycle is co-directed by Catherine Rarit and Saffron Heftigaub and produced by Casey Fleming. This season's editing team includes Catherine Rarit, Karina Revilla, Casey Fleming, Zola Heftigab, and Saffron Heftigab. Music for the Valkyrie Cycle was composed by Haley Adams and Quinn Borison. Art was created by Arcadia Reeves. And our social media team is run by Fabiola Liano. Additional sound effects are sourced from freesound.org and zapsplat.com under the Creative Commons Attribution License. For a full list of credits, please visit our website at midnightceremoniesmedia.com. Again, that's midnightceremoniesmedia.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to leave us a review and tell your friends, as word of mouth is one of the best ways to support the show. We appreciate all your support, and thank you so much for listening. Proud member of the Rainbow Roll Network. Rainbow Roll. Our stories are our voices. voices.